0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
2: Hello, I'm Jim Bennett.
1: I'm Abby Bennett.
2: And this is Dinner Table Politics. And I'm coming in at the beginning this time, rather than coming in in the middle.
1: Yeah, are, that are was you, that was kind of a mess.
2: No, it was all right. I thought y- your mother quite enjoyed it. I yeah. don't know if anybody else did, but uh, I thought it was fun.
1: He's talking about last week's podcast when uh, my sister Eliza was on it, and it was mostly I think Mom liked it because it was just me and Eliza having our inside jokes, and Mom gets it. But any outside viewer would just think that we need to be like institutionalized. I think
2: any outside viewer,
1: listener, nobody's oh, nobody's watching. That's <laughs> fine.
2: Well, starting out with a light-hearted sort of joke here, but uh, the news this this week has not been lighthearted.
1: No, it has not.
2: It has not. Uh, I'd, I'd wanted to talk about the MAGA bomber, and I think we will talk about the MAGA bomber, but I think we have to begin by talking about Pittsburgh. And this was the, uh, has, been, has been demonstrated to be the greatest act of violence or the largest act of violence uh, anti-semitic violence in united states history and
1: this is the shooting at the tree of life synagogue the shooting at the Tree. how many of people died i don't know the actual count
2: uh the numbers i have it's, it's i think 11 people have died Sheesh. and several more were critically injured i
1: read that people like like people that survived the holocaust were killed in this
2: well what was amazing there was one guy who was a holocaust survivor and he was late to the synagogue, and so That's he missed so the shooting.
1: It's crazy that people that the Holocaust wasn't that long ago. Like you think of it as like so so long ago, and it wasn't.
2: Did you did you sit and listen to that Holocaust survivor when we went to the Holocaust Museum? Uh,
1: I don't want to say that I fell asleep because it makes me sound like a bad person. <laughs> did
2: you fall asleep? I was
1: very tired. Oh my goodness! It was a long day of museuming. Museuming. Yeah.
2: Well, the Holocaust Museum is really a stunning. She experience. also, she
1: also wasn't in a concentration camp.
2: No, she wasn't. In fact, it, 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 the sto- I'm trying to
1: justify myself. Trying to justify falling horrible. asleep. I shouldn't. I should have listened. I'm sorry. Whatever your name was, lady, you gave a great talk. Well, I'm sorry. I was very tired.
2: That's all right. Well, th- this was what ten years ago or eight years ago, when we we went right after. This was the no, last...
1: this was the second time we went to D.C. when I was a senior in high school.
2: This was when you were a senior in high school?
1: Yeah, like four years ago.
2: Well, the Holocaust Museum is just a stunning experience. I've been there twice now. And I think, you know, it's one of those things where you're really grateful that you went and you never want to go again.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: It's such a haunting experience. And there's there's one exhibit where they show all of the discarded shoes Of all the concentration camps, yeah,
1: not not all of them. Just like from one, wait, I don't, I don't know. No, no,
2: it's not every single discarded shoe. Yeah, but it's
1: it's yeah, it's like you get like a visceral reaction from it. It's like one of the most horrific, but like I don't even know how to describe it. Everyone should go.
2: Everyone should go. Well, the thing that's so remarkable to me is you can smell the leather on these shoes. And that gives it a sort of immediacy that just seeing things doesn't. It, it, I mean, you, you feel just the tremendous
1: scent is one of like the ways, one of like the most powerful ways to trigger memories. Yeah, except you don't have a, you don't have a memory of. I don't the, have the a personal guns. memory of this, so never mind.
2: Uh, but uh, I, I, you know, I, my Facebook feed has has lit up because I, I grew up in a predominantly Jewish area in Southern California. I went to all of my friends' bar mitzvahs at 13 and got very jealous that I didn't get to have a bar mitzvah. I was also very jealous of Hanukkah because they got eight days of presents, so we only got one on Christmas. And we used to get Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah off from school, which is the day we always went to Disneyland on Yom Kippur. That was the thing to do because we had a free day. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, more information than you needed to know, but, but I, I have a number of, of Jewish friends from my childhood who are responding viscerally, to what happened in Pittsburgh. And there is so much concern and so much worry that, you know, we, we were told to never forget and that we can never let what happened in the Holocaust happen again. And something like this happens and it reminds us that not only was the Holocaust not that long ago, but there are people who are capable of that same kind of hatred who are alive now.
1: Literally, what? Like what I, how Are they just, like, walking around among us? Like, what do they do all day? Like, what are their hobbies? Like, that's just is crazy to me. That like.
2: Well, it, it is crazy. And, you know, one of the things that I think that the Trump experience has done is highlight, your, your Uncle Chris was saying this. He says it's highlighted the fact that there are a number of unapologetic racists that have just been waiting for a platform. Now, it's not fair, I think, to lay the Pittsburgh shooting at Trump's feet. Uh, this shooter was not a Trump fan. He was just a hardcore anti-Semite and has said all kinds of nasty things about Donald Trump too. Donald Trump has, his daughter is Jewish, his grandchildren are Jewish.
1: His daughter is Jewish? She
2: converted to, yeah, Ivanka converted to Judaism. Oh, really? Yeah, Jared Kushner Oh, I didn't
1: know that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dang, that's hard to do too, isn't it? Uh, It is,
2: it's very difficult to do. And, uh, you know, That's interesting. M- some of my Jewish friends said, oh, it's, it's just not authentic because it's anyway, I I, I, mean, I have one Jewish friend who was saying, oh, well, you, you don't need to be worried because you're not a Jew. And I said, well, if it makes you feel better, the evangelicals who support Trump hate Mormons a whole lot more than they hate Jews.
1: Okay. Let's not do whatever, like, uh, what, what's the word everybody always uses?
2: What, what, what,
1: never mind. But but let's not pretend that, oh, we're more oppressed. Like, no, but I'm not
2: saying anybody's more. more oppressed. I, I and, and I'm saying that anti-Semitic violence has a unique and terrible history that needs to be directly confronted and addressed. And we look at this and we have to make sure that we we take steps to make sure this never happens again. But you ask the question, what are these people like? They're just walking among us. Who are they? Uh, I do think that we now have a... Um, we have a circumstance where people feel like they can say these kinds of things out in the open in ways that they hadn't before. And what's really interesting is that you have all of these social media platforms that are trying to crack down on hate speech, and so the hate speech is trying to go in different places. You know, there's an article in the Wall Street. It's going
1: journal. to 4chan. We all know it. It is
2: going to 4chan.
1: Uh, it was
2: already at 4chan. <laughs> it was already at 4chan. There's. Have you ever heard of Discord? No. Discord is a chat service for video gamers. Hmm. And, uh, and just recently, because these kinds of discussions are not welcome on Twitter or Facebook, they're going to these kinds of platforms that weren't designed to have discussions like this. Apparently on Monday...
1: They were like, we made this so people could talk about Mario and people are turning it into racist playgrounds.
2: That's exactly right. Uh, apparently on Monday on Discord... There was a guy who said that the French president was calling for a black genocide and there was a huge discussion about this on a video game platform and uh, it, it's just bizarre that people are going all kinds of places um, go daddy What did
1: people do before there was internet would they would just like write their racist stuff on a piece of paper and then like put it in a bottle and throw it in the ocean well, Puppet Reach is another racist person? Kind of,
2: because one of the things these things have done is give these people a national platform they never had before. Uh, you could isolate Klansmen. You know, you didn't have Klansmen in Los Angeles, you had them in pockets of the Deep South. And geographical location was necessary to be able to get critical mass for people to have these kinds of racist, terrible things happen. And now you can create virtual communities online. Have you ever heard of of Gab? No. Uh, Gab is another um, website that uh, people are using to be. So
1: I guess the moral of the story is free speech leads to racism. So we have to get rid of free speech.
2: Well, there are some people that say that. Uh, Gab uh, was reported to GoDaddy, who is the web host, and and GoDaddy was supposed to shut them down, and decided that all that I know
1: about GoDaddy is like a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl they had like the creepiest, most like sexualized commercials. Oh yeah, for GoDaddy, yeah, and I was like, what is this like website? It's so creepy, but
2: I've registered all my websites through GoDaddy. That. Yeah,
1: like I thought I thought it was like uh way, I was thought it was like an, an advertisement for like an adult site or something, and I didn't like. It wasn't until recently that I realized like it's literally just like a normal platform for making websites. But their their Super Bowl commercials did not put off that vibe.
2: Well, we'll have to report the Super Bowl commercials to make sure that they don't violate their terms of service the way that Gab did. Uh, but you ask, who are these people? What kind of people wander around among us? I want to talk about one such person who garnered a lot of attention this last week when we get back from our break. Okay, so you're asking, who are these people? Uh, Well, he's not an anti-Semite as far as we know, but he's certainly a very frightening human being. I'm talking about Cesar Sayoc. Am I pronouncing that name correctly?
1: I don't know. I don't think we owe him
2: the... We, We don't
1: owe him the... like pronouncing his name correctly, he can deal with it.
2: He can deal with it, uh, but he's the guy who packaged up over a dozen bombs and sent them with the return address of Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who's the former head of the Democratic National Committee, and sent them to the Clintons, sent them to the Obamas, sent them to Joe Biden, sent them to CNN, and and, uh, he was finally caught, and he was exactly what everybody expected him to be which really disappointed people like Rush Limbaugh and a few other people who insisted this was a false flag operation. Are you familiar with the concept of a false flag?
1: No, but I can kind of garner what it means just from context clues. Well, like they were hoping that it was going to be like someone – Pretending to be right, and so then it would actually like make people more mad at Democrats. I don't know. Maybe I'm butchering that.
2: Well, no. Well, there have been incidents on university campuses, for instance, where um, professors have have painted racist slogans or symbols on their own doors, or mm-hmm. students have done this. Yeah, and they've said, "Oh, look, racism is rampant," and look at the terrible things that uh, the the right. And people are like,
1: "Why do you have paint can? (laughs) Why do you have paint? Why are you holding a paint can?" And
2: they're like, "It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter." I I mean, those are false flags. They happen, but they happen on a sort of onesie twosie kind of basis. And the kind onesie
1: twosie.
2: Onesie twosie. You've never heard that before. No. (laughs) Oh, okay. They happen. They in in order for someone to manufacture bombs, uh, pipe bombs. Mail them to over a dozen people, and he pick.
1: didn't do. The, none of them went off. Did they even? None go of them off? went off.
2: No, none of them went off. So that so was not another,
1: only is he a crappy human, he is a bad chemist.
2: He's a bad chemist. He's a bad bomb maker, and uh, but none of them went off, and so everybody's saying, okay, well, this uh, Donald Trump even said, well, you know, our momentum was great, and then these bombs happened, and that blunted our momentum, and you know, so so.
1: Can I just interject really quick with the most? with a really crazy Trump story that I s- just saw? Yes, it's please. Not even a, it's not even a story. So he was getting onto Air Force One, and it was raining, and he was holding an umbrella. This is a video. You can oh, go yeah, watch it. Yeah. And he couldn't figure out how to close the umbrella, <laughs> so he literally just drops it on the ground and then walks in, and the umbrella just lies, like, is there for, like, a minute and it's just blowing around. And then the video ends. The end. I was flabbergasted by that.
2: Did somebody the come and get the umbrella? The man not know
1: how to close an umbrella, people. Well, even if he,
2: even if you're having a hard time, who who just leaves an umbrella there? And it, just just he, abandons he put, the umbrella. It was like
1: he, and it was like he put the least amount of effort in possible. <laughs> he like tried for point two seconds, and he's like, oh, not worth it, and then just leaves it.
2: Well, apparently, he has problems with umbrellas on a regular basis.
1: They are they are tricky little little machines. The, they those are umbrellas. tricky little
2: devils. Well, at least his hair didn't flap out the way it did on that one Air Force One video. Yeah, I've had a, nightmares a over lot that of, one.
1: There's a lot of yeah.
2: Well, you know, but...
1: Anyways, I interrupted you. That's
2: okay. Well, problems with an umbrella, uh, we can handle that. Problems with the kind of rhetoric that is the hallmark of this president. That kind of rhetoric came under fire when this bomber was captured. And even when the bombs were out there, everybody was saying, well, see, Donald Trump is the kind of guy who at rallies has said, go ahead and beat that guy up, I'll pay your legal costs, and has said all kinds of terrible things and everybody said, oh, well, this is this is Donald Trump's chickens coming home to roost, that he's incited this, and so we shouldn't be surprised by this. And I think that that's, that's fair, and I think that's one of the reasons why the Rush Limbaugh's of the world were trying very hard to say, oh, this is a false flag. And false flag accusations and conspiracies uh, have been – the hallmark of a number of conservative voices, especially fringe voices. Alex Jones, you're familiar with Alex oh, Jones? Oh yes. You sent me a beautiful. He,
1: is, he is, He's such a meme now.
2: He is such a he, meme.
1: He there's so many there's so many great memes about Alex Jones floating around these days.
2: Well, he's been kicked off of
1: Twitter yeah, that's and why. Facebook like when when he else. was actually like posting stuff and like being horrible and saying that the Sandy Hook shooting was fake, it was like you can't really like make memes memes about it because it was like happening right then and it was horrible. But now that he's gone, it's like Ding Dong, the witch is dead, and we can make jokes about her and. And turn her her speeches into like indie pop songs. That's the one I sent you. It's so great. Her?
2: You're calling Alex Jones? I know. I,
1: I was. I was. I was following in the "Ding Dong, the Witch is oh, Dead" story. That he's the, the witch. That he is the witch. All right. Can, can you keep up, please? Sorry, sorry. I was I being gender I don't have time to run through every single one of my stories.
2: <laughs> I apologize. Well, but his false flag was the idea that Sandy Hook.
1: They're turning the frogs gay.
2: They're turning the frogs oh. gay. Oh, you, know, you talk about Sandy. that. That's the, one of the Turn sillier the things. the
1: freaking frogs game. That's oh, right. he's so funny. He's no, just not scary. Re- not really. He's, he's terrifying. Not, he's not funny but. at all.
2: Uh, well, he insisted that the Sandy Hook shooting of all of these yeah. children was, was a false flag. Yeah, that but, was
1: disgusting.
2: And that there were child actors and all of this kind of nonsense. He's being sued for that, and I think rightly so. I mean, can you imagine losing your child and then having to have some kind of monster go on the radio and say, Oh, it didn't happen. No,
1: it's disgusting. People said the same thing about the Parkland shooting, too. They said that. It right. was it was faked.
2: Yeah. I, so all of the false flag kind of nonsense needs to be confronted head on, and need needs to be called out. And I think Republicans have been have been uh, really really awful in this regard, in calling out false. That's flags, shocking. In not calling out false flags, but uh, the 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 idea that Trump's rhetoric leads to this kind of reaction, I think is is a fair assessment. I also think it's necessary, though, to say that Democrats have, do not have clean hands in this. Yep. The Demo- Democrats, uh, Maxine Waters. Do you know Maxine Waters?
1: Oh, my gosh. That name sounds so familiar. Why does she's, it sound so familiar? She's the
2: congresswoman from South Central Los Angeles. She's actually the first congresswoman I ever voted for. Oh, okay. I'm really ashamed of it because... Oh,
1: okay.
2: I, yeah, when I was 18, I registered as a Democrat just to make my parents angry. Yeah,
1: you've told us that story before. Yeah.
2: Well, there's some people who may not have come from the beginning. Uh, I registered to make my parents angry. They didn't care, and so I ended up registering as a Republican later.
1: And here we are.
2: And here we are, but that meant I voted for Maxine Waters. But the, Maxine Waters has said that there should be no peace for any Republican, that it's okay to wander into a restaurant where Ted Cruz is eating dinner and start screaming at him and harass him and kick him out of the okay, restaurant.
1: Okay, I, I disagree with that, but if it's Ted Cruz, well, his face is so... Punchable. So Not even... Uh, I don't know. He's, he I he, think just, he has a
2: very punchable face. He just face. has the most
1: smarmy face. This is so rude cuz I'm attacking someone well, who has and, no control over his his fa- facial features, but honestly. No,
2: on. and I'm calling him punchable. I don't think you should punch Ted Cruz.
1: It's it's been kind of interesting to see so his his um opponent, you know, Beto the, yeah, the yep. Democrat, like Like, every single celebrity is, like, coming out to endorse him. he made $70 million. Yeah, people like LeBron James wore a Beto hat to the Lakers game the other day. Like, people hate Ted Cruz, hate him.
2: Yes, but he's also in Texas. I think he's going to get reelected. So when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the impact of both of these things on the upcoming midterm elections and discuss, you know, where we think we're going be here. So whenever one of these things happens, whenever there's some kind of terrible mass shooting, whenever there's some kind of awful thing that that uh, happens and everybody's trying to find, pin some partisan blame on it. Everybody tries to make some kind of determination as to what the political impact's going to be. Mm-hmm. What do you think the synagogue shooting is going to do to the midterm elections?
1: Nothing. Most people have submitted their ballots already. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, and, th- and
1: if they hadn't I don't like what would they do like vote more democrat for gun like I don't I don't know I don't see a partisan like reasoning behind his violence
2: Yeah he so. hated Trump but he he hated Jews as well
1: So they even down I kidding. They,
2: it, I mean it, well,
1: I, don't, I don't think it it would make a difference It wouldn't make a difference on my vote if I lived in Pittsburgh like I Well I don't you think.
2: but you already have very strong feelings about gun control
1: um i don't know kind of ish i don't know i like to keep an open mind with most things but like of course like some my beliefs are like held fast and aren't gonna change but like i i don't know like i don't i'm gonna say i don't know again no, well, but you can, you can, gun like, gun control is such a hard issue because you can't be like st- get all rid of all the guns they're gone forever now you know well there's, there's no like hard and fast rules that you can just you put You can.
2: Down. Yeah, I mean you'd have to repeal the second amendment to do it.
1: Yeah, I think that's kind of tricky.
2: And I and I you know all the kinds of gun control things that we've seen all across the world. In Australia for instance, after a mass shooting, they Decided they were going to round up and confiscate all the guns. And the Prime Minister of Australia made it very clear. He said, we do not have a Second Amendment in Australia. You do not have a right to bear arms in Australia. And we're going to come get all of your guns. And they haven't had a mass shooting since.
1: You know what else I learned about Australia today? What? They've all, like, they've vaccinated, like, everybody for the HPV vaccine. And so they've, like, eradicated cervical cancer in their country.
2: Well, good. Good
1: job, Australia.
2: Good job. So Australia, good, good deal. But every time someone starts talking about gun control after a tragedy like this, I always want to get specific and say, "Okay, well, specifically, what is it that you can do that would have prevented this from happening again?" And the reality gone back in time, gone back in time. Like
1: Superman when he goes and flies backwards around the world to save Lois Lane.
2: Yeah, that that was Dang, a real if cheat. he was
1: if he was real, he's like he could have prevented so many like horrible things from happening. He's so selfish to just do that for Lois Lane.
2: Yeah, well there's a lot of well, now we're getting into comic books and which is one of my, you know my areas of expertise.
1: I know. I regret I regret, you doing regret that. Already. But
2: there's a lot of criticism of comic book characters because yeah, a superman in the real world could do a whole bunch of things. He could end fighting in the Middle East, he could do all of this kind of stuff and and uh, you know, he never does because he's too busy fighting spacemen.
1: Freaking Superman.
2: Yeah, well, since he's not real, we don't have to worry about him, but there are a number of things that are real that could have an impact on the elections coming up. For- good job,
1: good job bringing all of myself, uh, my
2: Nice segue there.
1: <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous points back to the main focus.
2: Well, have you heard about the Caravan?
1: The one that's in South America and is yes. like coming up?
2: It's coming up, coming up and
1: Yeah, and Donald Trump keeps tweeting turn around.
2: Turn around. Well, do you think this helps Donald Trump or hurts Donald Trump?
1: The the the, the, caravan. Sh- the caravan? Um like in terms of like building a wall? Like like yeah. do you think it I'd, I don't know. Stephen
2: Colbert is always playing this funky caravan music and making fun of Donald Trump because Donald Trump has said a number of things like there are Middle Eastern terrorists that are hiding in the caravan where there's absolutely no evidence that that's the case. Uh, So he's making all kinds of xenophobic, nonsensical statements about That doesn't sound like him. (laughs) That doesn't sound – who would have thought? Uh, Yeah, Uh, he's saying all kinds of nonsense about this caravan. But I think it probably politically helps him because you have. Because people
1: are seeing, like, oh, they are actually coming. Right. Even though immigration has gone down.
2: Right. Well, illegal immigration has gone
1: yeah, down. Yeah, so that's what I meant. Illegal immigration has gone down.
2: Right. and, and uh, But now all of a sudden you have this caravan of people. Uh, when they get to the border, it's terrifying to think what might happen. I mean, yeah. if, if they try to storm the border and there's some kind of huge military incident and some of these people are slaughtered in cold yeah. blood. Well, that's another thing that's that, makes it, that makes it so
1: sad to me, at least, is like the, how terrible must these people's lives be right. if they're willing to, to come all the way to the border knowing that right. our president hates them, hates them.
2: Right. and And the kind of scapegoating that we have seen on illegal immigration from this president is just the most reprehensible thing I think that this president has done. Everything that I despise about Donald Trump is embodied in his immigration policies and is separating families at the border and all of this other kind of nonsense.
1: Yeah, whatever happened with that? We just stopped talking about it. Yeah. Were they all reunited?
2: Well, they, there was a court order to reunite them, uh, but still there are many families that have not yet been reunited. Oh
1: my gosh, Yeah. that's horrible. That's
2: horrible. That's absolutely horrible. And the immigration policies of this administration are are a disgrace. Uh, So it makes me quite nervous that this caravan is giving Donald Trump a rhetorical opportunity to be able to demonize illegal immigrants in a way that will resonate with a number of his voters. The people who are demanding that the wall be built are going to now have something they can point to and say, we're going to get more of these caravans if we don't build the wall. And the reality is we've already built... A wall in a number of different spots. We had a wall that was up before Donald Trump became president, and he just wants to build more wall, and it's just nonsense. It, it, in order to be able to alleviate this problem, we need to be able to make it possible for people to come here legally in ways that they can be documented, in ways that they can come as guest workers if necessary, and then go back home. Have we how much have we discuss the legal immigration on this.
1: I think. We we have some time.
2: We have some time.
1: It's ringing a bell, but I don't know.
2: Well, I just remember back in 2010, that was one of the hottest issues when my father was running for his final term. And the phrase that he used to use is he says he wants a big fence with a large gate that swings both ways. In other words, people need to be able to come in here legally and they need to be able to go home when they're done. It used to be that... Um uh, prior to the 1960s we had a program called the Bracero's program.
1: Yeah. There's heard? a lot of issues with that as well though. Have you heard they're, about the Bracero's yeah, program? Yeah.
2: What do you know about the Bracero's I, program? I
1: had to watch a documentary about it from my sociology class. They're like they they're migrant workers basically. Right. Um seasonal workers. Yeah, seasonal migrant workers and they would come and pick fruit and things like that. Like hard labor that no one right. in the United States would want to do. That illegal and, immigrants are doing. Yeah. And then they would go back when the fruit was all gone. But they were really mistreated and like super. Un- like, it, it's bad, but better, well, better than other options, though. So.
2: Do you know what happened to the Braceros Program? Do you know why it ended? Um, hold that thought. We will talk about that when we get back. Okay. So there's no question that the the, the Braceros, how do you pronounce it?
1: Braceros.
2: Braceros. What does that mean? It means brothers, doesn't it? No,
1: that's Hermanos.
2: Hermanos. What does Braceros mean? I thought it meant...
1: Hold, please, while I Google. You're
2: going to Google it. Uh, The Braceros program certainly had some problems, uh, but what it allowed was guest workers to come into the United States, do this kind of work. It
1: means manual laborer or one who works using his arms. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So
2: they were manual laborers.
1: Well, the the Spanish word for arms is brazos. Brazos. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. So brazos, braceros are laborers who use their arms. Yeah. Is that that how you translate I guess, yeah. Well, the braceros program was in full swing until the 1960s. And JFK uh, went to the unions and said, what can I do in order to get your endorsement? And they said, you can get rid of the braceros program because all of these manual laborers are undercutting the unions they're undercutting wages and so JFK he didn't completely get rid of it i think it's still there's sort of a lingering bracero's program in effect now but he severely curtailed it to the point where the kind of guest worker programs we're talking about now are very similar to what we were doing under the bracero's program and we you keep and we,
1: saying bra i feel like it's bra bra braceros
2: braceros my uh, my 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 accent is terrible so, yeah, there's all kinds of xenophobia mixed in and all this. I mean, the, the the lesson from all of this is that there is just so much racism that we have not yet been able to purge from the system, and we're going to be able to continue to see that. But there's also the possibility, I think, of a backlash, of reacting too far to things that aren't racist and considering them racist. Uh, do you know what I'm about to talk about? Um, No. So, complete segue here. Uh, It has been announced now. It hasn't been officially confirmed, but somebody has gone and talked to the producers of The Simpsons and determined that Apu Petalon is no longer going to appear on the show because he's too much of a racist stereotype, and they're going to pull him from the show, but they aren't going to announce it. It's just not happening. And this came out. The producers of The Simpsons said, no, no, this guy isn't a producer, and we're not... He, he what, does does this ha- what does this
1: have to do with Braceros and Nazis? and?
2: Well, it has to do with the idea, okay, in order to be able to create the kind of colorblind and the kind of racially um, equitable society that we want, uh, how far do we need to go? Uh, can we not have a poo on the Simpsons? And the, the, I feel
1: like that is the least of our issues, is well, Apu. You had a whole episode about Apu because you feel so strongly about this. I'm sorry. A lot of people do not share your same passion for the Simpsons.
2: No, they don't. You're right. They don't. But the thing that's happening is that, okay, we look at this and we say, all right, what do we need to do? How far do we need to go? Not Apu. Not Apu. You can't but, take Apu. I, I mean, how how um, how sensitive do we need to be? And is, is Apu or, and things like Apu, are those kinds of what most would say are relatively benign stereotypes or any kind of recognition of different ethnicities? Is even recognizing that somebody is of a different ethnicity somehow uh, on the road to destruction? I would say no. You would say no. Where yeah. do you, So where do we draw the line? That's my question.
1: I don't think it's our job to draw the line. I think it's a case-by-case scenario.
2: Okay, well, uh, all right. So you're in charge. I think. It's your I case, think my. Would you
1: I, so my grand idea, like if I was president of the world, um, I'd vote for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I won't be being elected though. It'll just be unanimous. There won't be a vote. Okay. Um, is I guess a good rule of thumb is if it hurts someone, like if it's if it's hateful rhetoric, then call it out and stop it. But I. I guess that maybe that doesn't work very well because some people, maybe some people are actually offended by a poo. No, but
2: well, there was a documentary called the problem with a poo that is actually spurred all But if this.
1: it's, if it's like majority of the people that it's, it's targeting are hurt and offended by it, then yeah. But I think if you actually like went around and asked Indian people, does this offend you? They would say no.
2: Well, I'm looking at all, I mean, I, I'm, all of my stories are anecdotal, but I'm seeing all of these, these Indian Americans coming out and saying, I love Apu. Apu, they've gone to great lengths to make him a hardworking and loyal and intelligent and savvy businessman. Can
1: I say, as a white person, I'm offended by Homer um, portraying us all as just gross drunks.
2: Gross drunks. Well yeah I mean there are all kinds of stereotypes. I mean, so the difficulty is that
1: some some Indian stereotypes are harmful though i there are definitely stereotypes that are destructive and bad.
2: That's true, and the fact so that we're i haven't not able- I
1: haven't watched enough Simpsons to make a judgment about it
2: well the the point is that we all need to figure out ways to be able to be more sensitive, but also to be able to recognize uh, where the boundary is between free speech and hate speech and what we can do to be able to stay on the right side of that boundary in ways that are co- constructive and positive and don't necessarily tear down everybody else. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky... Generally,
1: if, you're, if your speech is prompting people to pick up guns and kill people, then it's not, it's not good speech.
2: Right. And I think that the President of the United States particularly needs to knock it off. When, with regards to incitement to violence.
1: Knock it off, man.
2: Knock it off. Learn
1: how to use an umbrella, too. That's please. right.
2: If you are listening to this on the radio, please make sure to subscribe to our podcast via iTunes. You can also find us at the KSL Podcast Center. Until next week, this is Jim Bennett.
1: I'm Abby Bennett.
2: And we'll see you next time on Dinner Table Politics. Audio.